feels crazy Like it's ripping at the seams And the lies keep growing louder With chaos threatening Weight upon my shoulders Is too much for my soul you help me to remember those words from long ago. Jesus loved me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Tears are gonna end. I'll cross over that river. I'll sing it once again. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so.
Good morning, everybody. You guys look great today. I just have to say that. This looks awesome. Everybody's here. It's exciting. We're excited. Um, if you want, I'm just going to ask you guys to rise and um, just worship with us this morning. And the kids, you guys can go have fun and learn about Jesus at the kids' church. Coming back to just me and you Just a heart song singing out of tune I remember the simplicity Just to feel you here was everything Stunned by your beauty this is my offering, not for anything that I could gain, just to honor you and bring you praise, like a fragrance broken on the floor, may my worship be pure. There's no motive, there's no hidden catch. Here's my all and I don't want it back. Like a fragrance broken on the floor. May my worship be pure. Find me like a child again. Full of wonderful innocence Before anything got in the way Any dream or any accolade You make it easy Easy to bring Just to honor you and bring you praise Like a fragrance broken on the floor May my worship be pure There's no motive, there's no hidden catch Here's my all and I don't want it Broken on the floor, may my worship be pure, pure thanks, pure praise, nothing in the way. My heart, my love, this is what. 
Please bow your heads with me and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for this day. Uh, thank you for giving us a church where we can truly honor and worship you uh, today, Lord, on this beautiful day. Uh, thank you for allowing us to have uh, pure worship here in this free house. And I pray this over everybody that we just connect to these songs, Lord, and we give our whole heart to you today, Lord. And I just pray all these things in your name. Amen. And your 
mercy follow me So my weapons are praise and thanksgiving This is how I fight my battles Good morning, church. You may sit down. Good morning. How is everybody today? Oh, I agree with Michaela. You are a good-looking bunch. We look good today on this great day. I am so excited to be here with you today. It is Pentecost. Whew. And I, yes, let's praise God. And I am believing and I am hoping that we have a greater understanding today just like they had that first Pentecost, right? May we learn something new today. Um, I'm so glad that uh, Pastor Leonard, although we miss him, he's not here today, um, asked me um, to teach today so I can share a word with you. Now, what I'm going to talk about, you might have already been talking about all the time. 
this might be a common conversation for you, so if so, join me in it today. But if not, then um, I hope you can learn something new. I always challenge the students that they learn something new, right, with everything that they learn. There's something new maybe the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to us today on this Pentecost, and I'm so excited. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you surround us. Thank you that we don't have to fight our battles on our own. Today, may we have pure hearts with joy, anticipation, and excitement, remembering that you love us. I am grateful, Father, for all the memories that you have given me here in this place, in this house, for almost the last year. I am thankful for Pastor Leonard and Brittany and Brian and the elders that they have welcomed my family and I so well to this space. And I just believe that the pictures that we had on the slideshow are just the beginning of what you have planned for us here. Use us so much in everywhere that we go. May our worship be so pure, and may you continue to surround us so that we can go fight the battle of darkness and reveal your great shining light. We praise you and we love you. Amen. So I have a topic for my teaching today. You can go ahead and put up the first slide. My topic is there is no negotiating with mothers or terrorists or Jesus. So there's a story to this. In my house growing up, there was no negotiating with mothers or terrorists. That's what I said all the time. Um, when my kids were little, we were working very hard on building my husband's career, so he wasn't around very much. So it was four of them, and usually four of them with Amy, you know, that meant there was 12 of them. But there was at least four of them all the time, and I would say four of, four of you, one of me. And so my rule was there was no negotiating with mothers or terrorists. It was a common conversation. They thought this was a real thing, right? They didn't know, and my kids were homeschooled, so I could really, you know, tell them that. They, they thought it was just no negotiating with mothers or terrorists all the time. Now, I wasn't the kind of mom that said, um, because I said so. I didn't do that. Or because I'm the mom and I said so. I would talk to you about things, right? We talked about everything. But then when I made a statement, I believed with my authority as the mother that I could trust and you could trust what I was saying, right? And then it would not be a negotiation. I wasn't going to have any of those whiners. I don't want any whiners. Right? We didn't beg. You were not going to break me down. <laughs> right? Once I said a thing, that's just the way it was. So much. All right? My children heard this so often that when my, one of my daughters, not to be named, went to school <laughs> her eighth grade year, um, she was in this big school for the first time, huge, over 400 kids in her class. And the teacher went to ask about who do you not negotiate with. Well, she boldly raised her hand. And she said, there's no negotiating with mothers or terrorists. Well, they all laughed at her. They thought she was kidding. She was mortified and livid, came home so mad. She said, you said there was no negotiating with mothers or terrorists. And I said, yeah, they'll find out. They actually all know. Um, they just can't put it in the books, right? But it was funny because my kids actually knew that there was no negotiating. But at first, I did not include the negotiating with Jesus part. I didn't want to scare Jesus into my kids, right? So I always said mothers and terrorists. I never said Jesus. I didn't want to scare Jesus into them, right? You understand that. But then as I got older, I realized you can't scare Jesus into people. 
Now, you can shove religion down people's throats. You can. You can cause church hurt. That's very real. You can force man-made doctrine, religion, theological ideas, interpretations. You can use the name of God incorrectly to shame people with your own agenda. But there's no shame in Jesus. The real Jesus, there is no shame in it whatsoever. So you can't scare Jesus into people. And I had to learn along the way and say, silly Amy, you can't hurt people with Jesus. So I should have honestly said, no negotiating with mothers, terrorists, or Jesus. And just like in our house, there were certain things that you didn't negotiate about, right? There, that was already a given, okay? Like what I made you to eat, even though it was from scratch and not fun, you ate it, right? Um, you helped serve each other, not a negotiation. You were not allowed to fight with your siblings at all. That was the number one, number one rule in our house. If you even did like a side eye at your sibling or a roll to eyes, you were done. You knew you might as well run because then they had to spend the whole day serving each other. That was the punishment in my house. If you argued at all with your siblings, you had to brush their teeth, you had to dress them, you had to feed them. And then you know what would happen? You would learn how to serve. And then you'd be like, I do not want to do that again. Okay, then smile at your sibling, right? Serve from the beginning. And that's really, you can ask my children what it was like. Well, it was not in negotiation. And I'm here to tell us today that the authority of Jesus is not in negotiation. Free will of choosing Jesus as your savior, that's a negotiation. But I want us to really think about how the authority of Jesus is not a negotiation. Can you go to slide two, please? How do I know this? I'm going to prove it to you. Philippians 2, 9 through 11 says, Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, in heaven and on earth and under earth. And every tongue will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess. Go to the next slide, please. Romans 14 says, For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. And I have one more, right? The triple three for you proof today. Revelation 5. Then I heard every creature. You know what this means? Every creature. Every creature in heaven and on earth and under earth and in the sea. And all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Amen? Amen. That does not sound like a negotiation to me. Right? You can go to the next slide. No negotiating with mothers, terrorists, or Jesus. I should have been saying that all along. Every creature will bow, not in negotiation. Please note this. Accepting him as your savior, that's a free gift. The authority of Jesus is not in negotiation. But accepting him as your savior that's the free will. But there is no negotiation on the bow. Did you catch that in all of the verses? Every creature 
will bow. Maybe this is something you think of often, but if not, I'm hoping this starts to get inside your head today. Every knee will bow. It would be like side-eyeing at my house, one of your siblings, you know. And you know that every knee will bow. And that the authority of Jesus, the authority of Jesus, is not a negotiation. Do we get that? Free will as a savior, negotiation. The authority of Jesus, not a negotiation. What does this even prove? Why am I addressing this today? This proves that there is only one story. There is only one story in all of the stories. There's chapters. There might be a lot of books, but there's one story. That's where we need to visit first. There's no separate story. You don't get a separate story. And if all of creation and all of history will bow to Jesus, then that means there's only one story, right? That makes sense. There's no separate bow. There's one story. Guess who is in the Jesus story? Satan. Satan is living right now like he knows he's going to bow. And his every strategic move and his every moment is getting ready to do everything he can to corrupt that bow. But Satan's going to bow. All of the angels are going to bow. All of creation is going to bow. Guess what? Even the atheists, if you're an atheist, you will bow. It's not a negotiation. If you're an agnostic, you're going to bow. All belief systems, there's one story, so everyone will bow. All of creation bowing at the same time, not a negotiation. That is more than when you don't eat your broccoli. And I don't care if it liquefies in your mouth for 30 minutes. This is not a negotiation. There's only one story. Acts. In Acts 4.12, we find salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Their salvation is not found in anyone else. There's one story. Every knee shall bow. Here's my question. If we know this, and there are multiple verses, and we know that all of creation, including Satan and all of his angels and all the good angels, are all going to bow, have you been preparing for your bow? Maybe this is something you think of, like me. Have you been preparing for your bow? Do you live like you're bowing tomorrow? Because he said you got to be ready. He could come at any time. If he came tomorrow, if he walked right, it's like Pentecost and he just comes marching in. Who's ready to bow? Listen, I love, I don't know if you knew this, but I learned this this year working here that Brittany, and I brought this up at, at women's group, Brittany loves the royal family. Right? Do you know she loves the royal family? I have learned more about. I'm so excited that she loves it. And I can't imagine when I first came on, say last summer, if I said, "Guess what? You're going to go meet the royal family. You get a one-on-one -on -one with the royal family. You're going to have to bow." Do you think she'd be like, "Yeah, I got this"? No. I can tell you right now, she'd be practicing, probably in her bedroom mirror. She probably practiced what different kinds of bows, right? We talk about what the outfit would going to be look like, 
what she was going to say, right? Because you didn't want to have like the perfect bow with the perfect outfit and then not know what to say. She would be rehearsing this bow. And then after she got back, I'd be like, tell me about it. How was the bow? Right? It'd be a common conversation. And yet, isn't that silly that all of creation is going to bow and we don't talk about this? Maybe it's just me. Maybe you are talking about it all the time. But I think we should be talking about this bow all the time. Now, there might be reasons you don't practice the bow. Brittany will probably practice the bow multiple times because she might be nervous of how she looks. Or she might be afraid to say something silly in front of the queen. Well, at the time, the queen. Listen, you might not be in a place today here that you are comfortable bowing. Maybe you're a little afraid to bow. But can I tell you, you're still going to bow there? You might think this. You might be this person. I'm just fine. Actually, I think I'm just fine. I'm good with God. I don't need to practice my bow. Or, this is a common one, I don't do, I'm not a Jesus freak like you, Amy. Jesus gets me. We're good. Maybe you're trying that one. Are you prepared to bow? Or are you complacent? Are you a lukewarm believer? Are you prideful? Because I think that bow's going to hurt. Are you just lazy? You haven't even ever read those verses. Maybe you're hurting and you have real church hurt and you're doubtful. Maybe that's where you find yourself getting ready. You should be practicing that bow every day because that does something to your heart and your mind. Listen, I want you to know that if you're struggling because of church hurt or because of people hurt or because the church has hurt you in the past and you're just not sure what you believe or other people have really taken advantage of you and you're struggling when I say this bow, that's okay. Because God is okay with your struggling. Can I tell you that today? So when I start talking about this bow thing, if you're not and you're like, oh, if, I hope he doesn't walk in today. Because I'm not read about, because if you're struggling, if you're deconstructing, if you're confused, if you're doubtful, can I first start to tell you that that's okay? Our Father God is bigger than that. He's not afraid of that. He's not afraid of your worries or your fears or your doubts or even your sin or your struggles. He's not afraid of that. He would rather you be stumbling over the bow every day and wrestling with him. That's okay. I want you to know that. So if what I'm saying today is a trigger because you have been hurt or people have shamed you, I want you to know that's okay because that's not where you're going to find yourself in the bow. He's okay with you wrestling. I hope, though, it's a constant conversation. I hope this bothers you so much that every single day during this week you're thinking about this bow because that's beautiful to him. Even if you're wrestling and you're not so sure, it's okay to question he, Father God is bigger than that, and he is not afraid of your wrestling. He is not afraid of your fear, and he is not afraid of the shame that comes from this world. He is bigger than that. Because I need you to remember, this is not a power struggle. This is not a power struggle between you and Jesus. You don't have to get to a certain place, and then you can bow. That's not what it is. When we are in the presence with all of creation and all of light and all of love and all the glory, you will want to bow. You will want to bow. Even his enemies will want to bow. So even if you don't practice now, 
No, you will bow there, and then that might help you get to a place of not being afraid today. I assure you, at that moment, when you bow, you will have no doubt whether or not you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior. When you do bow, will he find you of already confessing that he is your Savior? You might be struggling with what you believe today, and that's okay, because most of that is not Jesus. Most of what you're struggling with is not Jesus at all. And I can promise you that. But on that day when you see what is going on and you see the Lord of the universe, in that moment there will be no doubt in your head. There will be no doubt in your heart. So my challenge today, my first challenge to you is this. Because I promise you, you are going to bow. My challenge isn't whether or not you're going to submit because you will. Right? It's like any of my children that at one point in time thought, they're going to, yeah, okay. Okay, we'll just let you play around a little bit, and then we'll get to the real stuff, right? That's what's going to happen. You will submit. You're not going to try at that point to negotiate with the king, right? Can I have an extra piece of candy kind of thing? It's not, there's going to be no, like, you, you got me, Jesus, right? We're good? No, you will bow. There will be full submission. You're not going to try to negotiate with the king of the whole universe. That's silly. You will not be whether or not I'm going to bow because you will. And my challenge to you is not what happens on the bow. I want you to get to the mindset that you're going to bow. I should be thinking about this every day like brushing my teeth. But my challenge to you is this. As you bow with all of creation, what's going to happen when you stand back up? That's my challenge to you today, church. You will bow. It will be glorious. You're going to get there. It's going to be like better than Disneyland. You're going to be like, what? There are streets of gold. This is awesome. And all of creation and animals and creatures and angels, all of them, it's going to be glorious. And he's going to be, and we're going to be like, oh, this is better than I thought. I can't, do I get a bow now? And you're going to bow. Everyone's going to bow. What happens to you personally when you stand back up? That's my challenge to you today. When there are billions of us with all of the heavenly creatures and the angels and we bow with reverence and amazement at the beauty and the splendor of our glorious king, when you stand, will you be able to stand with your head of honor when you stand back up from that bow? Will you be able to rise and lift your head high? Will you you have that moment where you stand up and like, I can't wait to look at you in the eyes with honor, knowing that you chose him as your savior and have that beautiful moment. Will you look at him in the eyes the same as you look at him with your best friend? Will you be able to do that? Will you be able to look at him beaming with a smile and saying, well done, good and faithful servant. Like, thanks, Jesus. Right? Is that what's going to happen when you stand? You bow. But what happens when you stand? If you had to do this today, what would happen when you stood up? Or will you bow of submission, in awe and reverence? And will your head rise slowly? And will you timidly look at him in the eye as he looks at you back with compassion And say, he says, I just wanted the very best for you. 
I wish you would have chosen me. Because it's his story. There's only one story. There's only one Jesus, and the story is his. That day, there will be sheep and goats, right? After that bow, there will be sheep and goats. There will be those who choose to accept him and have chosen him in his free gift and will bow with excitement and will rise with honor and look at him in the face. And there will be those in the Jesus story who have rejected, who will bow because everyone must bow. It is not a negotiation, but they will rise differently. Satan is really hoping that's what happens to you. It's time we make this personal. Satan is really hoping that you bow and then you rise differently. The enemy, the devil, is counting on you to bow in shame, having feeling rejected, having rejected Jesus as your Savior. Remember, everyone will bow, but everyone will rise differently. So how today do you want to rise? If there's not a burning in your heart that you know from this moment on, I know how I'm rising then we got to talk. Because you should say, I cannot wait to bow. And I know exactly how I'm going to stand back up again. Are you going to bow timidly, knowing I played church, but I did not accept him as my savior? Or do you want to rise? I tell you this. When you rise and you have accepted him as your savior, it will be just you and him. So this week when you're thinking about your bow, maybe practicing in front of the mirror, and you bow, we're royalty, don't forget. We bow as a part of the royal family. But when you stand back up, it is just you and him. And most of us haven't thought about that. Whether you are bowing just in authority or you bowing because this is your savior, when you stand back up, it is you and him. It is not you, him, and your pastor. You're like, excuse me, Pastor Leonard, could you give a good word for me? It is not you and your youth leader. It is not you and your mentor. It is not you and your mama. My mom is a big fan. If I could just bring her up real quick, she could say a few things. That's not it. It's not you and your kids. It's not you and anybody who has tried to shame you or force God down your throat. Or force religion, they're not going to be there. They don't matter. It's not even going to be you and your spouse. It is just you and him. This bow at this moment is just between you and Jesus. It is his story. And even if you do not accept him as your savior, you will bow. And knowing this truth should change everything for us. It should change your whole life from this moment on. It should change how you live. Why do you live like that, Amy? Well, because the harvest is plenty and the workers are few and I'm getting ready to bow. It should change how you live. It should change how you think. It should change how you eat. It should change how you encounter other people. It should change how you spend every moment of every day. We should be looking at each other with love, not shame. But we should be looking at each other and saying, get over yourself. If we loved each other, get over yourself. We should say, get over yourself. I want you to know that there is a Lord and Savior that you're going to bow to. And I want you to be there and I want you to have full love. 
And I don't want you to have any shame. We should look at ourselves in the mirror starting today, right before we bow. We should be looking at ourselves in the mirror and going, get over yourself. There is an authority that is bigger than you, and you got to get ready for your bow. And you got to get even more ready to stand back up. I don't think the hard part is going to be in the bow. Beautiful, glorious, splendorous, it is going to be on the rise again. This should change how we serve, church. You can say to someone, this is a common conversation, you can say to someone, because you don't know what to say, you can say, you need to get it together and get back to church. Or you can say, I just love going to church. I love going to church, and I hope you join me sometime, because I believe the church needs you. Which one do you think is better? Which one do you think helps prepare people for a bow? you got to get it together and get back in church. No, but to say, listen, you got to get over yourself. I'm going to tell you right now, I love going to church, and the church needs you. I hope you come sometime. Which one prepares them for the bow? You can say to someone, you are amazing. I am so God, glad that God created you. This works especially well when they are not a believer. I'm so glad God made you. You're amazing because it speaks life truth over them. And even if then they respond, which happens to me often, oh, I just, I don't believe in that. You can say, that's okay, I was actually complimenting Jesus. He and I are friends. And I'm not going to lie to you, I just want you to know that you were created with a purpose. I hope someday you see that. I hope someday you see that you're worthy and you're lovely. This can be a regular conversation at Walmart. And yet we won't even do it with the people that we're closest to. I see you. I know you matter. I know you were created, and I am praising God for you. That's how we get ready for the bow and the rise. That's how we serve, church. Because we need to love God and love people. And I need to be prepared every day to bow myself with joy and rise with love and compassion. And I should want the same for others. I should be able to stand up here and look at each one of you and go, I really want you to rise with such joy and excitement. Because it's going to happen. Not like, well, how many times did you come to church? How many times did you volunteer? Did you, did you deal with that issue? That's not the conversation. That's the Jesus story. But like, whew, did you know it someday? At the end of the world, we're all going to be standing next to each other and bowing with streets of gold. That's the conversation. And why are we not having it? We need to start now. That's how we serve and that's how we church, with great love, great compassion, and great excitement for this bow. And I started this off by saying, I don't know if you're thinking about this, but you should be thinking about it all the time. Because that's what we're supposed to go do and tell the world. There is one story and it is all his. There is no negotiating on this bow. And this should be no negotiating on how we encounter people, how we outreach, and how we give our times, our offerings, our items. We should be giving spoken life over people all the time. Like she, she didn't talk to me last month. I'm not saying a word to her. Right? Or, the, like, I just saw them in public. I really don't want to talk to them. No, we should be eagerly going out to the whole community saying, did you know? This is exciting. Why have we kept this part of the story hidden? This is how we outreach. This is how we should be excited to give everything, all of our time.
time, all of our money, all of our efforts, all of our breath, all of our prayers, all of our praise, giving it everything to him because it's the king and it's his story. And now I get that. It's not about me. But I want you to be a part of that. I want you to know that you were invited to have this Savior who is incredible and glorious and wonderful. And did you get a bow and then you get a rise? We're going to be side by side together, bowing together, one family, despite the house you serve in. You get to start to serve like that now. Do you remember what he said? I came so that you can have the kingdom now. So you can have life to the full now. That should be what we look like now. So that people should be running in here because they want that now. Maybe if we started to live like that, we could be bright, shining lights like we were created to be. Maybe we are living right now like it is a negotiation. I think we are. It is what I can get out of it. Or I don't really think I'm needed. There is one plan A to get this story told, and it is you. That's how much Jesus believes in you. That is he, I guarantee he's excited. He's getting your room ready. I guarantee he's excited for you to bow, and then you stand up and you look at him and be like, we did it. We did it. Then we can be bright shining lights. Then when we start living like it is not a negotiation, and we bow to Jesus, and we start telling everybody how much he loves them, Because he said, I came because the Father and I love you so much, I came. And I died and I have risen so you may have life and you may have it to the full. But we live like it's a negotiation. It is a negotiation when it comes to choosing him as your savior. But when we walk up to someone with confidence that everyone's going to bow. Listen, we've gotten to such a place that if you say you believe in Jesus, you're going to be canceled. We need to stop blaming the world for that. That's us that let that happen. We need to start being the bright, shining lights. We need to say, I have accepted Jesus, and it is glorious, and I would like to tell you about it. You do not have an option to bow to him as king. And I believe if we start living with that mindset, like I'm about to bow tomorrow, with great joy and anticipation and excitement, it is going to change everything. I don't know if we all get to watch each other bow. I think about this a lot too. Like, will I get to watch my family bow and then stand back up? I hope so. But I can promise you this. It's not going to be like, now I don't know why she has the nerve to bow. You know she bought store-bought cookies to the church picnic. (laughs) Here she is thinking she can just bow like the rest of us. We can laugh, but is that not so true? We are not united to a place where we believe that we are going to bow and then go live radically on fire with excitement telling all of the world the good news. You need to start thinking every day, church, am I ready to bow? And am I ready to rise? Because I promise you, it is going to happen. As you approach people and you now tell them radically because you're so excited that Jesus loves them, I hope you accept them as Lord and Savior. Know that they have a lot of world 
hurt. And remember that Jesus is okay with that. Father, God is not worried about the hurt. You look at them in compassion and go, I want you to know the truth. You were created on purpose, with a purpose. You are beautiful. You are worthy. You are lovely. Jesus loves you. There is no shame in Jesus. And then let me help you with what you need help with. That's how we approach it. we got to approach differently, right? Because Satan's trying to do everything he can to fill them with shame and horrible thoughts and a mental health crisis and the greatest depression numbers ever and the greatest suicide numbers ever and the greatest amount of slavery ever. And how are we helping? Are we chasing after people like bright shining lights for Jesus? Are you excited for your bow and are you ready to rise and see him? And I hope as you approach people, you are ready. Because you cannot go as we're going to serve this summer and say, oh, it does not matter where you're at right now. Jesus loves you. Come as you are. Come to our church. We love you so much. Jesus loves you if you're not ready to bow yourself because they will see it inside of you. You have got to get ready. I believe with my whole heart this is going to change everything. I believe this is the new understanding that we're supposed to get on Pentecost today. That we're supposed to live like the kingdom is now and be ready for the bow. And rise up with great excitement and say, I do have purpose. I do matter. I was created by the king. He is so excited to see me face to face. And I need to tell you all too. You are going to bow. But I really hope and pray that you do not bow with shame. But you bow with honor. And that you rise with joy, knowing you have chosen him and accepted him as your Lord and Savior. Because there is one story. You cannot force people to choose Jesus as their Savior, but we're not doing a good job on the other end. We're not doing a good job of that love thing and that light thing. But to tell them there is only one story is not shameful. Because our Father does not shame. We do not judge, we do not ridicule, and we do not make them feel guilty for their deconstructing or their doubt or their wonder, but we do speak truth. And we're not even doing that. The truth is, not our man-made thoughts, but the truth is there is one story, and he is beautiful, and he loves you, and he created you, and it is going to be glorious. Amen? So let's do this, church. I hope we look silly. I hope we all look silly in our bedrooms. Right? I have no, you know, I have bone-on-bone knees. So this week I was like, I'm going to bow all the way down. I was trying. I was like, that is not pretty. We should not do that. No, we're not doing that. Um, But I do. I hope we all are bowing with excitement and joy. And it puts a fire inside us. Like we're like a little kid again, like that song. And we're just standing there with him. And he looks at you in the eyes. Imagine what it's like when the Lord of the universe looks at you and smiles. If you have not accepted the Savior part, oh, just do it. Just do it today. There's nothing stopping you. Just accept him as your Lord and Savior. Be ready for the bow. Be ready for the rise. And let's celebrate and live for our King. Thank you, church. Let's get ready for communion.
Father, a word like grace goes so well with mercy and love. And as we sang this morning, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves all. This I know. Lord, you've prepared this table. You've prepared this meal. You've been preparing each of us since that night in the upper room when you prepared your disciples. Prepared them how to serve one another, how to love one another, how to pray. And you prepared them to go forth and to share you. And that's what you've prepared us for. So fathers, we take this cup and this loaf just ask that you bless that to our bodies, continue to prepare us, prepare us to bow, prepare us to rise, prepare us to love all. This we pray in your son's name, amen. I pray for your healing, that circumstances would change. I pray that the fear inside would flee in Jesus' name. I pray that a breakthrough would happen today. I pray miracles over your life in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I speak
circumstances would change. I pray that the fear inside would flee in Jesus' name. I pray that a breakthrough would happen today. I pray miracles over your life in Jesus' name. I pray for revival, the restoration of faith. I pray that the dead would come alive in Jesus' name. I pray for your healing, that circumstances would change. I pray that the fear inside would flee in Jesus' name. I pray that a breakthrough would happen today. I pray miracles over your life in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Will you guys bow with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, we just um, come before you today, Lord God, and we just first praise you. I praise you for my mom with the words that um, just being a vessel for the words that you have spoken through her, Lord God. I pray that the Holy Spirit is just moving through us and that your power is just shining right into our hearts and through this week, Lord God. I pray and speak that this week, we choose right now every single day that... Um, this week and weeks to come that we will be practicing our bows, um, that we'll be, be so excited and full of joy to bow to you, Lord God, and that um, we see that every day. We see it as soon as we wake up and we choose that, Lord God. I pray it over these people. Move in their hearts knowing that um, one day we get to see you, and that is just so exciting and so overwhelmingly um, joyful, Lord God. And so I pray that they are just choosing that that we are choosing that, that today we live in a world that seems chaotic and confusing, and um, we know that Satan is moving, but we choose today that we have the authority, and that we have the authority to praise you, and that we get to bow to you each and every single day, no matter what the world may look like. But it's also beautiful, Lord God, and we should praise you that we get to live in a world today to be moving and to be moving in so many different ways to bring the kingdom here now and that we get to one day live in your kingdom. And so I pray that these people are just living that out each and every single day, that we unite together, that we be the people of you because it's one story and it's all about you, Lord God. So I pray that we are also reminded in our hearts and in our mind that we are living each and every single day for your story, not ours. So I pray that if the enemy is trying to blind us by by it being our story that our minds are just changed right now Lord God that it is completely your story and that we're just a part of it and it's just a, such an honor and so I pray that we walk out of these doors beaming and the people on these streets here in Salem or wherever we're from Lord God are asking why what, what's going on and I pray Lord God that it is just because and we get to share with them that we get to bow to our king and so I pray right now, I pray this blessing over everyone right now, Lord God, in this room. I pray for their families. I pray for their kids. I pray for their generations to come, Lord God, that um, they also bow down and they rise knowing who they, who they love 
and that they love onto other people as well. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
Caleb feels weird, but it is his graduation party today from 4 to 7. All of you are welcome. <laughs> so you can come 4 to 7 to celebrate Caleb. <laughs> Thank you. Have a great Amen. day. Have a great day, everyone. <laughs> 